Well, welcome back to From the Field. If this is your first time joining us, my name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I serve as the executive pastor of Ridgeline Church, and I'm also the president of MyXP. Now, MyXP is a ministry that provides remote executive pastor support for churches around the country. And if uh, this is your first time tuning into the podcast, um, first of all, I'm not sure how you would be tuning in because, uh, <laughs> you know, it's t- you the, the dial 2020. I'm not sure how you <laughs> dialed into Apple Podcasts. But if you are listening for the first time, uh, then uh, this is a podcast that uh, Tyler and I come at ministry from the unique vantage points of both a lead pastor and an executive pastor. And just before we jump into our topic for today, uh, I wanted to start by asking you a question. Mm -hmm. Um, We both know that being a pastor is hard. Anyone who's listening and is a pastor or ministry leader knows that it comes with its own fair share of hardships. Mm -hmm. We both hear a lot about how hard it is. Yeah. And one thing that has always bothered us a little Mm -hmm. bit is how little we hear about how amazing it can be too. Totally. It's just really easy in the midst of the hardship for the goodness of it to be lost. Yeah. So when you think back on how many, how many years you've been a pastor now? Um, I have been a pastor like vocationally mm-hmm. for, uh, like 10 and a half years. Okay, cool. That yep. was very specific. Good job. Yeah. I would have, I'm somewhere between like 30 and 10. I, uh, my cool. math's awesome. not great. great. So, so when you think back on the last 10 and a half years of being a pastor, mm-hmm. what is something that you think about that you love most about being a pastor? Yeah. I mean, I think so prior to working, um, in vocational ministry, I worked, uh, for Starbucks for 10 years. I've probably mentioned that a time or two and, um, or 11. Well, this is episode 11. I don't mention it every episode. (laughs) Thank you. But, but, but I have, but if people don't know, you're also single. So we should probably bring that up just for the ladies listening is all I'm saying. Appreciate that. That's great. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, you know, I worked for Starbucks and I love that job. And and I was uh, a person who had the opportunity to manage and lead other people. And Mm -hmm. so I just love that opportunity for leadership. But uh, so so a big portion of my job was uh, caring for the people that reported to me. And so that was important. Mm-hmm. But when I would get like reamed out at 6 a.m. because my cell phone number was in every store by the lady who had too much foam on her latte and was really, mm-hmm. her day was just ruined because of it. Yeah, um, It was really hard on those days to find a lot of meaning in totally. the work that I did. Yep. Uh, and so I think one of the things I'm really thankful for is that there's not a single day mm-hmm. that goes by that um, I'm not able to think about uh, the the impact or the meaning, the fact that my work um, has meaning. Mm-hmm. I think uh, not only uh, even through my XP, not only here at Ridgeline, but at these churches around the country. Mm-hmm. And I think um, we even talked earlier about uh, an episode at some point talking about the role of kind of the behind the scenes mm-hmm. pastor and what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, but I do an awful lot of that type of thing. I was just on the call with a church we support in Miami working mm-hmm. diligently. We did a database transition and mm-hmm. um, that church is having a hard time communicating to the right people. Mm-hmm. And so we just spent almost two hours diving into that. Mm-hmm. And what I know is that there are people who are going to learn about the Bible study tonight mm-hmm. based on the work that we did. Yeah, And it might be mind-numbing and it might be hard, but mm-hmm. if you don't do that work, they don't go to the Bible study. Yeah, uh, Especially right now, there's nowhere to gather and learn about it. Right. And so I just think that with the type of work 
um, and the implications on entire organizations mm-hmm. and and our entire church is just something that really um, keeps me probably working longer at nights than I often should. Mm-hmm. But um, that meaning and that drive is just super important to me. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. I think for me, I think it's so easy to take for granted what an awesome responsibility it is to be invited into the moments in people's lives that we're invited into. Um, Mm. Like I think about just today, just, just the conversations I've had in one day I've helped. um, I worked on a message, which Mm -hmm. is like meaningful. God's going to use that. I never doubt that. But I, I helped a person in our church who is, has been given an opportunity to engage in a lot of these racial tensions in a really meaningful way and got to help them figure out how to best engage in that, hmm. which is a big responsibility. I got to uh, meet with uh, a doctor in our church and talk with them about, I mean, they serve extremely at-risk people um, on a regular basis, and how to think about that and to, to carry the weight of that in a meaningful manner, mm. um, and got to meet with someone that is having significant challenges in their marriage Mm. and how to maneuver that. And it's just like, it's just like, and this is just one day, you know, we, that's like every, every day there is stuff like that. And so we just get invited into it's heavy and -hmm. it's hard. And I wouldn't say like, I wake up jacked about that stuff. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. But, um, similar to your answer, like I never wonder, is this meaningful? And a lot of the times I think what's important to keep in mind is it's easy to forget because that stuff is hard and it is draining, Mm -hmm. it's easy to forget what an awesome privilege it is that we're being given, that people care what we think about any of this, and that they're asking us to help them figure out how to live wisely Mm. is, that's no small thing. Absolutely. And it is a real, it's a real gift. And I think, I think on that front, uh, I think our topic today does kind of tie into this. But uh, one of the issues at the forefront of every pastor's mind, um, I think especially during COVID, but certainly not only during COVID, but just in general, is how do we stay connected to the people that we care for? Sure. You know, a lot of the time we maybe only see people on Sunday. Through COVID, we haven't even been having that. Sure. Um, So how do we stay connected to those people? And so today what we want to do is we're going to talk about uh, the tool that has been, I think, probably the most simple, but also, I think for us, the most significant means of keeping a tab on people's pulse who call our church home. And so for us, it has really just been the simple decision to collect prayer requests every single Sunday uh, during service. And I think some people listening might be like, this is... This is what I tuned in for. <laughs> this is what I worked the dial on my radio you're asking to find people your, for prayer requests. Yeah, you're like yeah. this is really revolutionary stuff. But um, I think that we can uh, highlight some things that really do show how meaningful that is Absolutely. to be able to do that. But before we do that, why don't we just rather than talk about the why first, let's mm-hmm. jump into the logistics of it. Okay. So maybe for people who are are not doing that in any sort of real sim- uh, systematic way, or maybe like when we first started doing it, we weren't doing it very well. Yeah. So we'd get like two or three a week, mm-hmm. and now we get way more than that. Yeah. So why don't you just walk us through a little bit uh, of how we collect prayer requests, when we do it, and um, all of that kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think the likelihood we have very many pastors listening that as as soon as we talk about uh, the fact that it's important to collect prayer requests from people, mm-hmm. I think most every pastor immediately goes to whatever mechanism or tool that they offer. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's a prayer request card or maybe uh-huh. there's a page on the website or maybe if you shoot an email to pray at generalchurchinamerica.com, um, that's how it's supposed to happen. And I think that for a lot of, for a long time, that was our approach as well. Mm-hmm. Like you need to make sure that the option exists somewhere and then trust that when people want prayer, they will do it. And I think what's true about that approach is that you will get very few prayer mm-hmm. requests. Um, and I just don't think that it will be something that people view as a, uh, go to for them when my, they my really guess need is like something. Maybe you get that if like, let's just say it's like email your prayer requests in. Yeah. My guess is that if you get it, it's usually like the wheels have full blown fall, fallen off their life. Either maybe. that or like, I'd like to ask prayer for my friend's cat that yeah. was diagnosed with cancer or something it's like that. Too it's too extreme. It's the per- yeah, it's the person who views prayer requests as like an opportunity for you to pray for everyone in their life. Yeah. Um, and so I think we that, do see that sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we even still see that. And we, yeah. we work on educating our people. But uh, I think that's what is going going to people's minds. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's a better way. And I think, uh, so a couple of things that we do, uh, number one, uh, and we'll talk about this in full detail and why, but if you are not currently sourcing information from every person in your church every Sunday, that's probably the first thing to go fix. Mm -hmm. I would say if if anyone asked me for, like, what's that dime store advice? What's Mm -hmm. the thing that they should change? It's have every single person in your church Mm -hmm. fill out some sort of connection card Mm -hmm. every single week Mm -hmm. like no questions asked like don't care how long you've gone there Mm -hmm. even the pastor's wife everyone should submit what we call an info card Mm -hmm. so we'll talk about all the reasons why but one of the things that that card has on it uh, for the people who call your church home you don't need their address and phone number and all of that Uh, but uh, what we do is we offer people the opportunity to submit a prayer request Mm -hmm. Uh, a couple of things and we'll you know get into more detail on this Uh, we do that at the end of the service I think uh, a lot of churches call it a response card, but when you ask people to fill out your response card, two songs in, there's not much to respond to. Right. And so this gives people an ability to respond to the whole church. And while we're not talking about getting new people connected today, mm-hmm. it gives new people an opportunity to really experience the whole church sure. before providing you with all of their information. Right. Um, and on the bottom of that card, uh, there's a, an option to communicate a prayer request. And so, um, again, I think some some might be listening to the podcast saying, well, yeah, we've got that space on the bottom of our card too, and no one fills it out. Mm-hmm. One, I still think there's significance in having everyone in your church requesting, pleading. Mm-hmm. I think we really, I think most people in our church would tell you it's kind of a rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that we really make a big deal out of mm-hmm. uh, that everyone submit it. So, mm-hmm. so that's part of it is that you're getting something from everyone. Mm-hmm. And then we really kind of, if you go back through our YouTube channel, uh, it's youtube.com slash Ridgeline Church mm-hmm. and take a look at some of our announcements. You actually have the ability to see, uh, I do my best to make you feel as guilty as possible about not submitting a prayer request mm-hmm. and not in like a guilt ridden way, but not, just not in a shame yeah, way. Exactly. But, but in a way that makes you feel like, please tell us mm-hmm. how we can pray for you. Right. Um, 
We make sure that people know that we do read them. We Mm -hmm. make sure that people know uh, that we value reading them. And we really, uh, even as we're presenting it to people, I think one of the things that the luxury of living in Salt Lake City has has taught us or one of the realities of living in Salt Lake City has taught us is um, you can't just say to people, submit a prayer request Mm -hmm. and like walk away, uh, assuming that everyone listening even knows what that is or Mm -hmm. knows how to say it. Uh, One of the things that uh, through this uh, COVID time and being online, I've gone to saying is like telling people like just like a Facebook status update if you're going to do it more privately to your pastors like Mm -hmm. what's going on because I think some people don't know do they need to form it like a prayer do they need like they just don't know how to communicate and so I I make sure people know like it's just like communicating to us a quick message what's going on in your life what's going on absolutely Um, and so I think that that is uh, super important and again uh, the other thing that we do that's significant I think uh, just from a uh, pragmatic standpoint is we actually allow people 60 seconds in the service to submit those. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the values, so we've always had a digital expression of that at Mm -hmm. Ridgeline. We've only gone digital. I think everyone has now got some option for that. I hope you have some option for that if you don't get it soon. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, I think what's so interesting about that is even though it's only 60 seconds, think about the number of text messages you can send in 60 seconds. (laughs) And so as people are typing with their, yeah, as people are typing with their thumbs, Mm -hmm. they can really communicate a lot about what's going on in that 60 second time frame. So giving people uh, a venue to do it, making sure they know that it's uh, important and then also allowing them the space and time to do it mm-hmm. is, is really significant. And then uh, lastly, making sure you have a tool where you can actually get those in a timely fashion mm-hmm. and you can um, do something with them where it's not like, you know, a mass of like 40 volunteers having to type them up right. and, or maybe we split up the cards as a, as a church staff, some of those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, uh, it, I don't know. And planning get, center does all that for well, us, right? I, you, you, you took my thunder. Well, you, I was, just, you were taking was, a long listen, time to get was, to your point. You told me I could go as long I know, as I that wanted was a on massive, this point. That was as a massive miscalculation. It came yeah, out of my mouth I and know. I regretted it. I know, but for anyone listening, change to Planning Center today. And one, everything to do with your database module is as they term it, forever free. And what's amazing is that they have forms that plug into your database. So uh, if you're an attender at Ridgeline, you click on the info card form. It's a Planning Center form. You put your name, your email address, and then you type out your prayer request and you hit submit, Mm -hmm. you and I will wake up in our inbox to what they call a digest to every prayer request. It's like nicely formatted. It's all of that. I remember prior to Planning Center having that option and, and prior to us even knowing about Planning Center at the first church we planted, I mean... The, the volunteer that came in spent hours yeah. trying to decipher people's handwriting yep. tr- and, and then trying to format it in a way that was like meaningful for yep, us. I remember. And now it's there. What's also amazing about that tool is because your name and email address are bound to your profile, that prayer request is now in your profile. So you have the ability to go back and like see mm-hmm. like how has somebody been doing over the past few months? I think one of the things that's hard about reading through a lot of prayer requests, because if you do this, you're going to get a lot more than you're used to. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that's hard about that is you read one and you think, man, you know, it feels like that couple has been talking about their marriage being in a rough shape a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really helpful to be able to verify because there's been a few times where I've thought that mm-hmm. and I don't know where the thought came from because as I look back in, I was like, eh, must have been a different couple. And, yeah. and or like 
man, it, I mean, for four months, this has been a recurring theme. We really right. need to follow up that type of thing. So, uh, I think, you know, having that tool that gets them to you in a timely fashion that you can actually do something with is really, really important. Good. So just circling back then on, uh, all that, all that, uh-huh. the obstacles, basically, yeah. there's a lot yeah. of obstacles oh, yeah. that you talked about how we've overcome. So the first is having a simple digital means mm-hmm. by which people can fill it out, yep. having everyone fill it out yep. every single week, giving them time in the service mm-hmm. to be able to do it is really important. Yep. And then uh, one thing that you didn't mention that we try to be really clear about is who exactly is going to see these prayer requests. Yes. So for us, it's only our pastoral team. Yep. It's not going to a prayer, like some churches historically have had prayer teams. We have shied away from that because we have seen in the past how that can, can be a prayer team, can be like a gossip chain. Sure. And even if it's not a gossip chain, I think sometimes the people on the team don't understand... Uh, don't understand their role as just prayer. And also the people who are submitting them, I don't care like what your background or tradition is, the likelihood you assume that's only going to a small group of people. Mm-hmm. And then when like rando guy you've never met comes and engages you on the miscarriage that you just experienced, yeah. uh, that can do like irreparable damage yeah. to the person who trusted I've literally you with- seen that happen with that example. Right. Yeah. And so I just feel like... Um, I love the prairie teams. I think, uh, you know, I've been a part of churches where we went and really kind of put the prayer request through a filter so mm-hmm. that no one knew who they were, mm-hmm. uh, some of those types of things. And so if you feel that that work is important, I also think you could send out some bullet point big ideas of, man, like, you know, the finances in our church are are hard. The parenting is on everyone's mm-hmm. mind, you know, some things like that, because God knows mm-hmm. and I think the reality is for a large group of people to know those intimate details, um, it's not good. If you decide to go that route, you have got to make sure you explain that every week because yeah. people just will not assume that there's yeah. no chance, yeah. especially people outside the church. They wouldn't they wouldn't fathom that yeah. that just gets broadcast out. So by and large, I would say, I mean, this is going to be a rough estimate. I would say, correct me if you think I'm wrong, Yeah, we probably get prayer requests from... 50 to 60, maybe 70% of our church every week. Oh yeah. hundred percent. So that's a pretty good hundred percent. No, you're probably, you think hundred percent. <laughs> We've been joking uh. for people that don't understand. We've been joking. You, you, that's a real verbal tick for you. You say a hundred percent to you're, you, there is no human more confident about everything they agree with than you. Right. And I don't understand where I think it's because <laughs> there's like that emoji that's like the red hundred with the two lines. You're and I just started learning to speak an I, emoji. I, that's right. I started sending it out. And what's so funny is no one's even criticized it, but I recognized it myself. And now every time I say it, I want to smack myself really hard. <laughs> like the Pavlovian thing. That's, that's right. what it's called, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it has been a great gift to us. So now let's let's talk through the advantages that we've seen to getting that kind of response from people. So we've got five things to highlight. The first one I know sounds super obvious, but I think it still bears saying. Yeah. Uh, number one, we can actually pray for specific needs. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes uh, we are guessing at where people are at mm-hmm. and not sure exactly how to pray. Yeah. And aside from being able to ask people in counseling or in some interaction sure. that we have with them, this helps us know exactly what we can be praying for. Right. 
Anything you want to add to that? That one's pretty straightforward. No. So what are your thoughts about, I just got done saying that like you could send it out bullet points and kind of vanilla to people because they don't need to know it specifically. So well, how I do think, those two connect? Well, I think I think you're talking about if you're going to use a large prayer chain yeah. and you're going to try to keep some level of confidentiality, then you should um, then you should use bullet points. Yeah. But I think if it's just going out to your pastoral team and your church knows my pastors are the ones praying for this. Sure. Then I think in that case, then pastors know specifically what to be praying for for people. Totally. And I, I guess the reason I call out the difference between the two is just that um, while pastors are not super Christians or anything mm-hmm. like that, uh, their jobs are different. And yeah. so it's kind of like, why would I want the doctor to review my x-ray versus like, mm-hmm. you know, the like person at the yogurt shop? Mm-hmm. Well, because the doctor is like been trained and equipped and understands how to interact with it differently. I totally. guess that's why I feel like there's maybe a difference yeah, in that's good. The approach. Yeah, totally. So number one is we can actually pray for more uh, specific needs. Number two is we can get a more genuine view into people's lives. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I think that is um, we've talked about this a lot on like Tuesdays when we come back into the office um, at how 7 a.m. on Monday morning is when we get our prayer request email yep. and how it can feel like the most overwhelming moment of the whole week. Yeah. And the reason for that is that we get a very high level of transparency for pe- from people about yeah. what's really going on in their lives. And I think that it has a lot to do with the same reason that we have like social media tough guys mm-hmm. is there is something ab- that feels safe yeah. about the freedom of being behind a keyboard to yep. just be transparent about what you really think. Totally. And I think on social media, that's a plague in our culture. Uh, right. But I think when it comes to people submitting their prayer requests, it's been a real gift to us. Absolutely. Uh, just being able to see uh, and hear from people, here's what is really happening and what's really going on. So we can actually pray for specific needs. We can get more genuine view into people's lives. The third is we get a sense of the spiritual and emotional pulse of the entire church. So talk a little bit about how that email comes in. What's the process that you use to work through it? Because yeah. I think it kind of makes the point that we're talking about here. Well, so when I sit down to do my quiet times on Monday morning, the first thing I do is read through all of them. Um, and I really, uh, and it's it's not like a quick read, but also it's not like a real in-depth, like mm-hmm. thinking through each one. But I am looking for like, how are we doing? Yeah. Like, like this is our family. Yep. This is our church body. This is the people that we're accountable for shepherding and all of those kind of things. And so just like, in general, how are we doing? And there's always the highs and the lows, but what's the overall vibe? Mm-hmm. And then throughout the week, I have different people that I'm praying for that kind of, I feel like the spirit like led me to and, mm-hmm. and those types of things. But I want to make sure one, that like I do read them all. And two, just to like, again, how is our body doing? Yeah. I think that that's the, I think the best way to say it is it gives you a sense of how are we doing? Yep. And it's just different if you get a prayer request here, a prayer request there, a meeting here, a meeting there. This really does, especially if you are getting 50 to 60 to 75% of your church in, you yeah. can genuinely get a sense of this is where we are at. Sure. And, and even I as we went big. through COVID, I mean, there were a few... Bleak weeks. It was rough. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. So number three is we can get a sense of the spiritual and emotional pulse of the entire church. Uh, Number four is it gives us an opportunity to actually follow up with people um, Mm -hmm. and their prayer requests. Yeah. So that looks a few different ways. Again, I think 
you mentioned it, but we try to be prayerful about what's an appropriate, necessary way to follow up. Sometimes that's just a text message. Yeah. Sometimes it's a, a letter or a card that we write. There's been times where I will reach out and say, hey, why don't you come in to the ministry center so we can actually, I'd love to talk more with you about this. Yeah. Um, but I think both of us really have seen the importance of doing something by way of follow-up. Because yeah. um, one thing that we've found is like if someone takes the step to share a very intimate prayer request with you yeah. and then you interact with them and you don't reference it in any way, yeah. it just causes... And I've seen now the 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 opposite of that, when I have mentioned a prayer request, it's like you can see in people's eyes the confidence it instills in them about you, right. that you are actually doing something with yep. what I'm sending you. Yeah. Anything you want to add? Just you agree? I think that that is great. <laughs> I also think that that is... I think that's good. Okay, yeah. good. Anything else by way of like, like I know one thing that you do a good job of is this isn't specific to prayer requests, but it is about staying connected to people, mm -hmm. but is using social media to do that and actually like oh, yeah. from another digital way of being able to follow people. Yeah, I, I think um, so in addition to prayer requests, I think just uh, keeping engaged with, with your church family. Uh, I know that, you know, different people are anti-social media for whatever reasons, especially even pastors, things like that. But I think if you have the ability even if you only accept requests from people that you know, people that are at your church, uh, it really does give you an insight into the things that are going on. And I think that it also gives uh, for someone like me. So I'm um, I'm introverted. Mm -hmm. um, I'm single. outgoing. Oh, gosh, yes, I'm single. <laughs> so single. Uh, no, but I'm I'm introverted and. I, I tell people all the time I have a morbid fear of small talk. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so, so thankful when I see people at church or, you know, even in, uh, throughout the week, like we are, have the ability to do now mm -hmm. and can engage with them on something that like they have done or mm -hmm. are about to do or are excited about that. I didn't have to like just sit and die the slow death of asking them about movies and the weather. Yeah. Totally. But I yeah. think it's a great way to just understand what are the things that your people value? Mm -hmm. uh, how are they doing? Mm -hmm. um, and it also kind of, you know, if there's something that specifically that they've asked for prayer on mm -hmm. and you see like victories happening, you yeah. can celebrate those with Love them. That. If if on the other end there there's some prayer and, um, and then you see the opposite of that, mm -hmm. you can kind of push in on those types mm -hmm. of things as well. No, that's great. Uh, the last one is uh, specific to those of us who preach, but prayer requests have been a really important way for me to direct where to go with my preaching calendar. Um, and this, I've been doing this now probably for seven, eight, ten years, but it started with reading through the prayer requests at Redemption when we were in Chicago and seeing this some themes mm -hmm. that were surfacing in the prayer requests week after week. The first time it was seeing that there was just all of these different kinds of questions about the character and capability of God. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, I came out of that and did a series on the attributes of God and told people like that that idea came from reading through the prayer requests. And since then, that has continued to be a major source of what shapes and steers my preaching calendar. Mm. It's just being able to get a sense of, rather than just having to guess or try to be like Moses up on Mount Sinai hearing from God on where we need to go next to really be able to listen to what people are saying in their prayer request and see how to shepherd them well through teaching 
by reading those requests. And that's just mm. been super, super helpful for me. So, uh, can I say something about planning center? <laughs> please. I'll, everyone was hoping that you would really <laughs> bring more us to home say. with more to say. Listen, about planning here's the deal though. With, with the prayer requests, the other thing that's awesome is you can see them through any like customized period of time and search keywords. So you can search, you know, spouse. I, most people don't type the word spouse in a prayer request, but yeah. marriage, job, yeah. um, work, uh, boss, things like that. And you can start to see what are the themes associated with keywords? So I didn't know that. Well, That's cool. That really steals the thunder of how we're applying this. So yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> but I'm sorry you didn't know that. <laughs> Most of the pastors that. my XP supports are aware of that tool, but clearly. My XP forgot to mention that really important feature to me. <laughs> So if you uh, do not currently um, have a way of collecting prayer requests, we highly recommend. It's just been a great, great blessing to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you are currently doing that, but you're having some hangups and not getting very many in, maybe consider some of the things that we talked about at the top and just always experiment with uh, how to get more from people. So uh, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Uh, we just want to ask again that if you have enjoyed it, that you would do three simple things. The first would be that you would subscribe wherever you listen, wherever you're tuning in to listen <laughs> to this great, like 1963, great, great piece of audio. And uh, second, if you could leave a review there. And then third, any help spreading the word uh, on social media is always a great gift. If you'd like any more information about our respective ministries, uh, you can visit telio.church and myxp.church. And if you want to connect with Tyler and I, the best way is to find us on social media. You can find me on Instagram at, at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. You can find me at, at Tyler Dravitz. That's T-Y-L-E-R-D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. I don't, this says we'll be back next week with a new episode, but I'm not sure we will, will we? No, we're going to take next week off because I'm taking my family design. You know, maybe I'll do like a monologue ex episode where oh, I just, yeah. I just talk. I think that's Costco a good, that's a good, you know what? I've got a four hour drive back from Zion. So that'll mm -hmm. give me the time to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how long it'll probably be. You might have to listen to it in a few parts, but okay. that's okay. Well, so until a couple weeks, we'll, we'll for sure be back. Uh, don't worry. We're not going anywhere, but uh, until then, thanks for listening and have a great week.